Welcome back. We have a great episode today with a really incredible leader, Janae Bennett. Janae is currently a global VP at IBM, and she has moved through the ranks of sales, starting as a contract employee to a field rep, a manager, a director, a VP, and now a global VP at IBM. We talked about the nine months of time when she was unemployed, which really forced her to think about what was important to her and what she wanted. And I think this is an important topic as we look forward to the next year. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do expect uh, there'll be some tough times, maybe some layoffs. And I think that uh, it's important for us as reps to get ahead of uh, our career, own our career path versus letting somebody else dictate what happens to us. Can't control what they do to us, but we can control how we're prepared to handle it. Uh, She talked about her why and what drives her. And, you know, this idea of your why is commonly tossed around, but I really loved her point about how the why does change over your career as work and life changes. Of course, the core values won't change, but your why might change a little bit over time. She talked about, you know, how is selling different now than maybe the way it was in the past? And by the way, what we talked about was many of the things that worked in the past still work now, but reps just aren't doing them. Uh, More and more reps are relying on automation, tools, and maybe even hiding behind different technology to do some of the work. Look, I really think Janae is someone that you should follow because I expect big things from her long after her current role. So hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. Janae, welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. Thanks for having me, Chris. So you and I, we've spent a little bit of time together in the background, but for, uh, to my audience, briefly uh, tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and your background in tech sales. Sure. So um, 20 plus years of sales experience. Prior to that, I was in the military. I'm a U.S. Air Force veteran. I forgot about that. That's right. And sometimes I feel like I've, I've lived multiple lifetimes because it's just I can't even believe I fit so much life into the life I've had. You know, it just feels like multiple lifetimes. But I have a, a 17 and a half year old daughter that is just the, the apple of my eye. And she's been my why for a very long time. And tech sales is something I kind of stumbled on. I'd been um, in sales after I separated from the military. I got into sales. It was something I was always good at, good at talking to people and selling a good product. As long as it was a good product, I could, you know, I could get someone to buy it. And it was during that 2008, 2009 timeframe when I was actually laid off. I was working with a telecom company, Fiber Optics. That's how I kind of started to get into the industry. And um, I was laid off. It was around the time when when the housing market hit and you know things were starting to starting to fall apart and you know my job was was dependent on the real estate market and, and occupants occupancy in, in buildings and I lost my job and I was probably laid off for about nine months and Citrix reached out 
in an ad and they reached out and, and invited me in as a, as a, what we would call back in the day, a three P a temp three <laughs> P. And, um, that's how I was able to get into the industry. And I started from the bottom, even though I was more skilled and had been in field sales, I knew it was a foot in the door. It was a really hard place to get into and it was a great opportunity. And I, I took advantage and, uh, you know, really just kind of worked my way in and worked my way through. And today I'm a global VP of a digital sales organization. And I'm really enjoying what I'm doing today. And I really feel like everything that I've experienced has brought me to this point to be the leader that I am today. So it's, it's really fun to have this conversation with you and kind of share some of, some of my experience. Yeah. Well, you know, if you think, think about it, that's quite the progression from a contractor entry-level employee to a global VP and then everything in between. A lot of, a lot of lessons learned along the way, right? Yes. But actually, I want to throw you a little bit of a curveball. So when you were laid off, and you were out for nine months. I'm asking this question because I really do believe we're going to go into some turbulent times here in the economy, in the market. And, you know, there will be layoffs. Was there anything that you did during that time or maybe that you would, in hindsight, that you would have done different to better set yourself up? Because you can't control whether you get laid off, but what you can control is how you recover and how you make your next step. 100%, Chris. I can tell you those were some very long months. Those nine months were very long. And what I did in that time was I really, I did some soul searching, right? I had to figure out what mattered to me, what was important to me, you know, what would I be willing to do moving forward that would really take me the long haul, right? I'd been in the military. That was great. You know, I was air traffic controller there. That wasn't something I was passionate about to do outside of the military. And so I really did a lot. I read a lot. I read books and, you know, researched different industries and, really just did a lot of work on myself because I knew that there was more I wanted. I didn't want to just get back into the workforce and just kind of make it right. I knew this time when I came back in that I really wanted to latch on and make the best of and really grow a career. I wanted to get out of just a job and get into a career. So I did a lot of development work, you know, a lot of reading and just self-development and, you know, really understanding myself and what really drove and motivated me so that when the opportunity came, it would be clear for me how to stay focused and navigate and and get through to where I wanted to be. So that would be my advice, right? Is I don't think I would change anything. It was shocking for me. I, I was a single mom and it was just me and my kiddo. I had an amazing family and still do that supportive, but it was really a time for me to figure it out. And I didn't waste that time. Yeah. So what do you do? You know, so fast forward now, I mean, what do you do around personal development, maybe setting aside time to continue that process? So I still read. I read a lot. I tend to do more articles. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Get Abstract, but it's a really great w- way to get fun bites of information. And then you can go back and pick up the book if you want to. I have great mentors around me, Chris, which is something else that I developed over time. Uh, Lindsay Boggs is a familiar name that a lot of people may know, but Lindsay Boggs calls it her her board of directors. You have different people for different things in your life. And um, I've really leaned in there as well, um, surrounding myself with people who either are where I want to be or can help me through where I want to go. Meditation is something else that I've added. Being able to be still in my thoughts and organize and set my intention for the day or, or whatever's going on. Um, I think that that's also been a big part for me. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all really, really great points. And 
You know, I think you know, the, the typical salesperson in the field, we get so busy just doing the job. And, you know, in, in many cases, you can get paid as much, if not more than a doctor. But look at what the doctor is required to do for obvious reasons to maintain certification, all this extra training they have to do, all this extra development. And, you know, sometimes I think in the sales world, we do so little unless we just take it on ourselves, right? Yeah, you know, the company might throw you the occasional training program and then never follow up on it. But it's really up to you to not just do it once, but to build it in as part of your process every month, every quarter, every year. And bring it to your leadership. Um, you make such a great point, Chris. I, you know, earlier you and I were talking, I was very much in control of my development plan. Again, you know, I, I knew once I was going to get that role, whatever that right role was going to be, I wasn't going to mess it up. And a big part of that was knowing what I wanted and making sure that my leadership or my management at the time knew what my intentions were, knew where I felt the gaps were. And if my manager couldn't give it to me, you know, I was open with them of let's find other ways that I can find the skill sets or resources that I needed to grow. But I was very, very committed to that development, that self-development. And really maximizing myself within whichever role was put in front of me. Um, so I, I would definitely say if there's any word of advice I would give is, you know, don't wait for your manager to tell you what to do or to direct your career. It's if you know where you want to go and what you want to do, make it clear and make sure you get them bought in. Because I think that's that's a big part of how I was able to navigate my career to where I am now. Gosh, it's such great advice. And, you know, I didn't have this figured out initially when I was younger. I always felt like my relationship with my manager was a little bit of a cat and mouse type of game. And, you know, then as I moved into leadership, I realized how hard it is to read reps' minds. You know, you don't know. You think you might know. You spend all day talking about it and like asking questions and they think you're weird because you're like digging and probing. You know, it just gets so much easier if you just tell them their goal for the most part is to help you. But I didn't know that when I was, you know, for the first probably 10 years of my sales career. Yeah. I mean, we were we were chasing the number. That's what we thought we had to do, deliver on the number. And then you're you're a good boy or a good girl for the month. Now, what are you gonna do for next month? Right. That's right. What have you done for me lately? For sure. Well, so Janae, as you were, you know, thinking about your development plan and, and moving up and taking on different roles, did you have some ultimate goal or ultimate title or position that you were shooting for? So great question. When I when I came in at the time. And I'm going to frame it around because I didn't know what I didn't know coming into the organization. I didn't know how it ranked or, you know, in or out. But once I really came in and, and got a scope for, you know, inside sales, outside, I definitely knew I wanted to be a field salesperson. And that was something I worked towards. And that was something I was able to accomplish. Then once I was there, I was like, okay, now what? It's not like I had this huge lofty goal of like, yeah, I'm going to be a VP by the time I'm 32. And I can't say that I was necessarily that you know clear on where I wanted to go, but I knew I wanted to be successful. Right. I knew I wanted to be a leader. I knew I wanted to be an example. I knew I wanted to drive myself to be my best at whatever that was going to look like. And so I would say, as I kind of went through the different roles and ranks, you know, after I went into the field and became a field person, I did that for about three years in in New York and New Jersey. You know, I, I would have been open to taking on a leadership role. And here came the little shoulder tap. Hey, Janae, would you like to take on a leadership role? Sure. And it kind of just kept kind of going. But I do remember when I finally decided I wanted to be a director. And I went on a campaign. Oh, you did, huh? When it was time when I knew I was ready. And I went and I took 
you know, multiple VPs that were around me or that were influencers. I took directors that were already, you know, that would have been my peers. And I took them to lunch and asked them, you know, did they feel I was ready? If not, where did they think the gaps were? You know, what could I do to improve? And I, I was really intentional. I took the feedback and I got to work. So let's let's dig into that a little bit. Were there ever any conversations you had where, you know, they maybe weren't as receptive to the ideas you were and they gave you some feedback that you didn't really, maybe you weren't expecting? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I think it was bold to begin with. I don't think that they expected me to come with the level of commitment and tenacity that I had. Naturally, yes, I'm that person, but I was locked in. I knew I was ready, you know? And a lot of the feedback was just really around me letting people know that's what I wanted. That was really the feedback. It wasn't a question of my performance. It wasn't a question of my leadership. I think that had always spoken for itself, just, you know, always willing to jump in and try new things and lead new teams. But it was more of making it an awareness thing. And I think a lot of us don't do that. We we don't advocate for ourselves. We don't get the right people involved to make them think of us when they're thinking of these roles or thinking about. And that was the other thing I learned was, you know, leveraging your network isn't just to kind of smile in people's faces and be chummy. It's literally leveraging your network, right? And, and leveraging to give you that feedback. And I'm not trying to say I was perfect and I didn't get any negative feedback, but it was really just, you're gonna have to prove yourself, Janae. You know, have you ever, you know, built a team from the ground up before? Or have you, I'm like, well, not quite. And, you know, what came with that a few months later was me building a team from the ground up and I had to prove myself. Yeah. But I, I think it was a good exercise for me because it let me know what I didn't know. Actually, I remember I interviewed with um, Tom E. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, and he was my final interview for the director role. And he goes, Janae, why should I hire you? And I said, because I'm not afraid. I know what it takes. I just haven't had access to actually do it. I haven't been in the rooms to do it, but I can do this. And he sat back in his chair and he was like, okay. And I got the role. Yeah. You know, just the confidence and not being afraid to do the work and back it up. Um, you definitely got to back it up. Yeah. And I'm sure you also had a plan and ideas that you had brought to some of these conversations. Uh of course. I came in with a full plan and how I envisioned the team and where the opportunity was. Yeah. I mean, that's, Absolutely. That that's that's not to be lost, but it was just really bold. I did the work and I backed it up, you know, and and really leveraged those resources to help support me, help me to kind of be the eyes and the ears that I needed. And that built the confidence that maybe I didn't have before. Um, when you asked me when I look back on in all these years, I think I probably should have spoke up sooner. Probably should have advocated for myself a little sooner. And I think I probably would have even been further along a little bit sooner. Yeah, I was just having this conversation with another person earlier today and similar similar discussion where you know, for me earlier in my career, I just had this more this mentality of hey, head down, do the job, kick butt, let the numbers speak for themselves and that'll open up all the doors. And you know, what I learned was, well, first of all, some people may not even know that I'm kicking butt. You know, they see a number but they don't even know who Chris Freeman is. And it's people it's a people business still. So you in in some areas, you you have to not bag, brag or boast, but you do have to let people know what you're doing. And then um, to what you were already, what you started to do was, you know, there is that networking internally, right? You need to go build those relationships, have the conversations, 
you know, don't worry about spending all your time in social media promoting your brand externally. Go crush your brand internally and watch the doors open up. I literally, when you mentioned just the term brand, that was intentional work I did. The, the branding of yourself. I, re- I remember when I came from the field and I came back into management, being in the in the office, seeing the VPs, you know, you're seeing these folks every day. It's different in the field. You don't get to see them as often, but I, I was intentional. I remember sitting down, writing down on a sheet of paper, what asking myself, what do I want to be known for? And I intentionally wrote those things down and I would revisit it every year. And, you know, as I evolved, that list would evolve, but that's how I interacted with people. Um, because I wanted to leave that with them. I wanted that when I wasn't in the room, when they spoke about Janae, they spoke about all these great and amazing things that I was doing. This came from some of the books I was reading and, you know, resources and things, but branding was something I was very intentional about. And then you mentioned social media. My social media didn't come until way after, like my LinkedIn organically started to grow after I built that brand internally. So you're spot on with that, Chris, that you know, I think some people inorganically do it on social media. It's, you know, they're, they're kind of trying to put up this, this presentation of who they are versus just being. And I think the natural being of who you are and sharing of who you naturally are is actually what attracts the people instead of, you know, kind of being this little copy paste and let me, let me forward it on. No, be your raw self, be your true self. Um, I found that that's where people really started to reach out and and connect with me. I I tend to do a lot of mentoring, so um, I see a lot more of it. I hope you are enjoying this episode. I wanted to break in with a quick commercial. During the podcast, we sometimes talk about how to invest those hard-earned commission dollars so that you can build that freedom we are all working towards achieving. Now, I built that through 20 years of real estate investing. Now, recently, my team helped me put together a webinar on how top sales pros can create passive income and achieve financial freedom with hands-off real estate investing. Now, I'm still doing this. And as I continue to invest, I'm giving opportunity for others to learn and invest alongside of me. So if you want to learn more, go check out our webinar at hightechfreedom.com forward slash webinar. That is hightechfreedom.com forward slash webinar. We will also put the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. So when you started to think about, all right, how do I want, what's important to me? How do I want to be viewed? And you define that. So you mentioned, you you thought about that as you went into these different meetings to leave that impression. Do you, do you have other examples around how you, you know, what you specifically did or maybe how you maybe prepared to ensure that you did leave that certain message or impression? You know, um, I'll give an example. One of the, the things I wanted to, to be viewed for was someone of value, right? Like there's, there's probably a terrible term. I shouldn't use it. Um, but like white crayon, right? Someone who doesn't really have a value. Kind of, you're around, but you're not really doing much. I never wanted to be seen as that. I always wanted to be seen as someone who provided value or could contribute value. And so I would never volunteer to do something just to do it if my heart wasn't in it. If it wasn't something that I was really committed to or I didn't believe in, I just wouldn't associate myself because I knew I wouldn't give 100%. And I found that 
when I did commit myself and present myself in a way where I was fully committed, fully focused, it paid me back. (laughs) It came back to me in, in different ways, whether through relationships or loyalty or opening doors for others or others opening doors for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't give you an exact example. It was quite a few years ago during this process, but. Yeah, no, that's, that's great feedback. I appreciate that. Well, so, you know, in your role now, you think a lot about strategy, but if, you know, kind of going back to the, the field salesperson, you know, a lot of the, a lot of things have changed in the market right now, just coming out of the pandemic. Some people are starting to get out and spend a little bit more time in the field. You know, it's a little bit harder or what I hear from sales reps is it's a little bit harder to get more FaceTime with customers, to get more meetings, both virtually and in person, you know, because there's just the volume of noise for our customers is incredibly high. I'm curious, you know, what are you seeing out there right now in terms of maybe different strategies to increase better customer touch, engagement, pipeline? So I think it goes back to, you know, we talked a little bit about social media, LinkedIn. Customers, I think, are more of... There's a term that's being used now called omni-channel, right? Where maybe I see something on LinkedIn and I like it. And then maybe I go on you know, MSNBC and I see a commercial for, for a product, right? And you know, maybe my team is helping me research. So now I've seen this thing, this product in three different places. It's relative to me now. If I was to have a salesperson a good salesperson, let's be clear, not someone who's looking for something for them, but they should be looking at what's in it for me, reach out to me now on LinkedIn and say, Hey, Janae, you know, I I noticed that your organization, you know, has a need here. I've worked with companies like you, you know, I'd love to get some time to show you where this value is or, or whatever that is. I'd probably lean in. But if you're just some random person, I haven't engaged, I have, you haven't done any research on me, and you're dropping in asking for a meeting, I'm going to ignore you. You don't care about me. <laughs> you just want the meeting. You know, you, you haven't really shown me that you're, you're willing to earn the business. And I don't care if that's a voicemail, an email, a LinkedIn message, a text message. I just want to know that you, you have done the work and you're willing to earn the business. I don't think that's changed from 10 years ago. I don't. I actually think some sellers have gotten lazy don't want to do the work, which is why they say it's harder. If you have the right product and you know that the customer is in the market for it, your job should be to become you know, a, a resource for me before you try to sell me. Educate me. Help me to become you know, a more educated buyer so that I do make the best decision. Now I feel comfortable bringing my business to you because you invested in me. I'd love to give my business to you. you know, it's just a different approach, in my opinion. You can't come at the sale like it's a sale. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's to your point about maybe being a little bit lazy, it's it's more and more of the uh the efforts are automated nowadays. You know, people will they'll just blast out the same email to a bunch of people and go for the volume game. That and, turns customers and, off. They pay attention. They really do. Yeah, they shut that down. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um so when you think back, so like you went up to the ranks of inside sales, digital sales, mid-market sales. So you had your own team, some of your teams mapped to other field teams as well. So you've seen a lot of salespeople in the market. And we, you know, maybe you touched on some of this already, but when you think about, you know, the top 10%, the top 20%, what really sets those top reps apart from the rest of the pack? So very early on, you heard me talk about my why. And my daughter was my why. But 
It was raising her successfully. It's putting her college fund away. It's, you know, keeping a beautiful roof over her head and giving her an amazing life. You know, I never lost focus of my why. And that was my drive. As she got older and things shifted, my why shifted, right? And, and I was able to maybe open myself up. What I find with some of the best salespeople is that they're in tune with their why. You don't work, you're not here to work for me and hit sales for me. Because then when you don't do that, you're disgruntled. Or if it, it's not for me, it's for you. It's for your why, it's for your purpose. It's for So what I found is, is the salespeople who are in tune with that, um, who aren't afraid to share that with their leadership, because it's a part of that relationship is that accountability between you and your manager. So that your manager can call you out on that why when you're not staying focused and when you're not on, you know, where you need to be. I think that that's really important. Folks that can take feedback, right, that are coachable and that have a growth mindset that are really open to be their best every day to continue to grow and develop, to not be afraid to fail and fail forward and fail fast. Those are some of the best ones I've seen. The why will change. And the commitment to evolving with the why is where you'll see them focused. When their why changes and they forget their why, that's when you usually see them kind of wailing and you got to bring them back in and say, hey, what's going on? You know, you're not on track. A lot of times they don't even realize it, that they're no longer on track of their why or what motivates them. So I would say, you know, having the focus, being open to taking that feedback and, and having a relationship with their management or someone within their work circle to keep them on track, that, that accountability has been really important. Coachable, able to take the feedback um, and a growth mindset. You know, really growth mindset to me equals like this insatiable drive to just always be your best. Um, and I think that's really hard to find. I was just going to say, you know, and you, you hit on it. The one thing I felt was that I, I was kind of thinking about how you might stitch it in was urgency. And you just came back around to that, that drive. Because when you have that why, then you feel that constant sense of urgency to go, go fast, go quickly, go good, but you got to always be going. That's right. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, you kind of reminded me, I had this manager. This was my very first vendor job when I worked at Lucent Technologies. I uh, had a manager named Fred Lambach. He's no longer with us now, but he was really good at digging into each of the reps wise. And he'd start calling them out on team calls, you know, to try to motivate us. You know, he, you know, he's a, it was a very unique individual. And he's like, ah, Tracy, I know you're trying to get this car. And Chris, you're trying to build your real estate empire. And, you know, he just starts, you know, for 30 minutes, he's just rattling off. But, you know, in a way, it's like how many managers have taken the time to really dig in and understand people's why. And and he would remind us about it over and over again. And I think at one point I had to tell him, well, no, that's not totally right, Fred. I'm more doing this. But, <laughs> you know, he would just get so excited about our why it was almost infectious. So, you know, that's really interesting. Well, um, Janae, as we get close to wrapping it up here, what is your current why? My current why now, you know, funny enough, you, you talk about, you know, folks being in, in high tech for a reason. It's usually not for a lifetime. And for me right now, it's, you know, I'm about to be an empty nester in about six months. My daughter will be going to college and it's time to focus on me you know, and not, not me, the mom, not me, you know, in, in that capacity, but Janae, the person. And I have some, some aspirations of, you know, entrepreneurship and, you know, opening my own businesses, multiple, 
tons of ideas and things that I'd love to do. And, you know, real estate is one of those things. Um, that's why I got involved with you more recently. I want to keep learning and understand that. I've done a good job of putting away for college and, you know, to pay off the home and those kind of things. I'm safe there. Now I feel like I can, I can play a little bit and diversify. And so I'm really excited about that from a real estate perspective. But my why is me. Maybe me next is putting me first. And of course, I'll still be the mama and, and everything else, but putting me first now and, and really being able to explore and try and test and, and see what I can be outside of corporate in the future, not near near future, but in the, in the future. Well, what I love about that is um, I think it's dangerous to be working at a job. Even, let's just say yourself, but I think it's dangerous to be thinking about the end point. And then, you know, I'm just working to get to this end point. Cause I've known lots of reps who are like, Oh God, if I can just squeeze out these next four years, five years, guess what's going to happen? You won't make it because you're not going to perform during those next four years. Everything you do, it just bleeds through of no urgency, no drive, no effort. And the ones that I've seen continue to crush it all the way to the end, they're also planning, all right, what is my next step? You know, They're getting excited about that next entrepreneurial thing. Maybe it's only part-time, maybe it's a side hustle, but it doesn't matter. They're, it's keeping their mind fresh. It's keeping that that vision to something else because the reality is, you know, we're I talk about being a lifetime learner, lifetime earner. You know, why would you ever stop? Um, you can slow down and give more time to do the things you want to do, but if you're if you're not growing, you're going the other direction. Going the other direction, and usually the high performing salespeople, you can't get us to sit down. You can't get us to just <laughs> literally hang it up. You know, you, you got to keep yourself going. You got you got to be involved in something. To kind of keep your your head in the game and you know stay stay active and you know you want to get out with your friends and network and do things but what are you going to talk to them about if you're just sitting around watching <laughs> Wheel of Fortune you know yeah. you got to get up and do something. So. Talk about Netflix. Talk about <laughs> Netflix. Well, Janae, if um, first of all, I really appreciate your time today. It's been really nice to catch up. If uh, somebody would like to reach out to you, what's the best way to connect up? Well, they can absolutely reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm very responsive there. I've also recently, if you don't mind, launched um, a network that I had a small network called Women in Sales Empowered, WISE for short. And it was a networking group I established when I was at my previous organization due to a lack of representation for women in technology and just creating opportunities for others outside that want to get into technology. So I've just publicly launched it about a month ago. I just did my first webinar, but I'd love to have folks check that out as well. And you can also find that information on my LinkedIn page. So Wise IT is what it's called. Wise. So W-I-S-E. Wise. Like very smart. Wise. All right. We'll put that in the show notes and uh, you can send that over. Uh, happy to happy to promote that. Well, Janine, again, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.